Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Tourism in Ontario is a $38 billion business. It is a critical part of Northumberland County's economy. It generates $120 million annually, according to a 2021 county report. For the past two years, tourism operators and related businesses faced tough times. Lockdowns, travel restrictions, and various public health measures crippled the industry. Now, as the restrictions ease, people are starting to travel more. Tourists are returning as venues and events prepare for the summer of 2022. This week's show focuses on tourism. Two key people are going to talk about the trials, tribulations, and triumphs as this beleaguered industry climbs out. Nancy Allenson, Executive Director of the Trent Hills Chamber of Commerce, will take us back to a major promotional campaign called Right Here in Northumberland. I'm so pleased to have with me today Nancy Allenson, the Executive Director for the Trent Hills Chamber of Commerce. Welcome back to Consider This. Thank you, Robert. I look forward to sharing you some of the news from what's happening right here in Northumberland. I'd like to begin with how would you characterize the state of business in Trent Hills right now? And how does it compare to the last six or eight months that we've been seeing things unfold? Well, I can certainly tell from conversations with our business owners and seeing all the people in the area that things are looking up. Our businesses are positive. They've learned actually some really great positive things over the last uh, two years, but most especially in the last six months. And I think what's different now, too, is that a lot of businesses have learned um, some new strategies, some new ways of doing things, and they found that it really works. They're going to be implementing more of that. And we can certainly start to see, especially here in Trent Hills, as more visitors coming to the area, that it's going to be a little bit more of a, a back to normal kind of year, which I know everybody is truly looking forward to. Now, how many businesses are doing the same level of business as prior to the pandemic? And I'm talking now about March 2020. Has anybody returned to that level yet? Well, some actually, because we found throughout the whole pandemic, it kind of was in about thirds. So a third were actually doing more business, a third were about doing the same, and a third were actually doing less, depending on what type of business you were in. And I know the Business and Entrepreneurship Centre in Northumberland recently did a survey and 70% of the business that reported an increased level of confidence that they will be able to remain, remain in business following the impacts of COVID-19. So that's up quite a bit. That was last January they did that. So I can certainly see that um, some businesses are seeing uh, times to return back to normal when it comes to the revenue level. And plus, too, as I mentioned, too, also there might be new revenue streams as well because they've learned in the last couple of years something that uh, product or service that may be now uh, available that might not have been before. Or they've also learned another way of doing business online as well, reaching out to do more e-commerce too, which I think in a lot of cases has really benefited our businesses. Do you have any examples, maybe some uh, businesses you can point to that might be exemplary of the kinds of changes you've just described? 
Well, I know, for example, in work with Center and Main Chocolate, they always had a little bit of an online presence and they were able to um, showcase their, their lovely chocolate online. But I think what they found is they've now found a system where they can actually do more online orders. So, for example, they do a full uh, mail out of that as well. And I know they did a lot of enhancements. Now, I know, too, the Digital Main Street uh, provided funding for a lot of businesses to upgrade their e-commerce as well. So certainly seen where there's um, a local restaurant here where you could order everything online, whereas that didn't happen before. So I think in different communities, each, each person has adapted how they can uh, do more on, online and more e-commerce. We're also seeing a lot through social media as well. They're doing more promotions that way as well. Have there been any closures? Um, there have been a couple. What, what we've seen, though, is there's been a lot of uh, businesses sold. And we've seen a lot of, yeah, so certainly an uptake. Like right now in Trent Hills, it's very difficult to find a location to open up a business. And I think that might be true across Northumberland. So what's happened is, is some businesses have decided this is the time to sell. And there's been a lot of eager buyers coming in. And basically what we're seeing too is they're, they're duplicating the business almost the same as what the previous owner was. So they might be starting to just modified or adapt, but they've already taken the success of that previous owner and are just building on that. So it's really great to see right now how our, our empty storefronts are becoming filled with um, businesses. What explains why that is happening? Uh, that seems really interesting uh, to say that people are coming in and buying these businesses and, and modifying them. Who are these buyers and what's motivating them to take that particular approach? A lot of times when we meet somebody new, um, we'll ask, you know, what brought you to the area? And a lot of cases they came here as a visitor or they might, because in a lot of cases they are coming from the city. And I think too, what's happening uh, with COVID, it really made people um, think about smaller communities, more rural communities, sort of the whole outdoors. And I think we're starting to see that trend happen in business as well. And I know recently we just attended our local BIA's AGM and we had Career Edge there talking about the challenges of hiring. And one of the things they talked about was that there's people are looking more to become entrepreneurs that with COVID, maybe they had changes in their jobs. Maybe they've done switched to part-time or they're looking at being more entrepreneurial. So it could potentially be some of those people who are actually, actually opening up the shops now as well. Do you find these people are moving from someplace to here or are they people that are here that are changing their career paths or are they, uh, say, um, absentee landlords who are buying a business and then staffing it and letting those people run it? What, what are you finding in terms of that? Well, we're finding an all combina combination of all three, <laughs> which I think is, is exciting because that, I think, shows the maybe sustainability and the, and the strength of our business communities continuing to thrive. Um, so we've got business owners who are coming from out of town. Um, in some cases, they've actually moved to the area. In fact, there's one couple that uh, invited their friends down. They thoroughly enjoyed the community and they ended up moving here as well. And then in other cases, they're just seeing, you know, opportunities that here's a, you know, very successful business. This is a great business venture. And then they're keeping the, the staff um, who are already hired in place as well. So we're seeing, and then of course, we've got um, a new shop, you know, that opened up recently with a young entrepreneur who's really focusing on women entrepreneurs. And then uh, we've seen businesses that have been around for like 25 plus years that have just sold to somebody who's um, a young entrepreneur as well that's lived in the community. So we're kind of seeing all three um, of those evolutions of new business owners. It also sounds like a bit of a demographic change as well. Um, we're not seeing, it sounds like, 
older people to younger people. And you've mentioned young people a number of times. Are we seeing a demographic shift? We are starting to see that. And as we all know, for those of us from that baby boomer age, that we're starting to uh, see jobs become available in those areas, which I think leads to some of the challenges with uh, filling those positions. Uh, but we're certainly seeing that. I know in some of our local committees, we're starting to see a lot of younger people. Um, we've got a couple new board members on our board that are younger. <laughs> and so I think there's just um, some enthusiasm there, uh, new ideas, willing to take chances. So that's, uh, that's a great addition to the uh, business community. Now, I want to know how financially stable businesses are right now. Many sought grants and other government supports during the pandemic. Does the business community still need financial aid going forward? Based on some survey results that our Ontario Chamber of Commerce has done in the recent report that they put out during the provincial election, is that absolutely, yes, those supports are still needed. Um, in a lot of cases, businesses, it's going to take them quite a few years to recover what they've lost, especially in the tourism industry. They were obviously one of the hardest hit sectors. So I think it's important to have those grants and have those opportunities to, um, I don't want to say subsidize, but yeah, subsidize and help businesses. Um, it's also getting more difficult to hire employees as well with a shortage. So perhaps if there was some extra funding through that measure, then businesses could maybe offer better benefit packages or increased wages as well. So definitely um, our chamber is certainly supportive of um, some of those grants moving forward to support small businesses. How are employment levels? Well, we're seeing that actually across the province and um, especially here in Trent Hills. I know a lot of smaller businesses are finding it difficult um, to hire. As I mentioned, this uh, workshop we're at uh, a couple weeks ago, our career edge, Sandra Walls, had mentioned some of the challenges um, across the board of hiring. In a lot of cases, it seems like um, other opportunities have opened up. So employees maybe have moved on to other positions, or it might be a case where they're now able to uh, work virtually um, in a remote uh, situation where maybe they're working for a company in Toronto that didn't exist before. So I think all of those factors make it really difficult for um, uh, companies to keep, keep and retain employees. Do you also think, though, that people have reevaluated what they expect from a job rather than, you know, what was sort of happening in 2019? And is that playing a role? Yes, Robert, that is that is exactly what we're hearing is that uh, some people may work full time before considering part time or they're looking for that flexibility of um, working from home and from the office. And also, as you said, being more choosy, because right now there are a lot of opportunities out there. So when we have challenges in smaller communities like Trent Hills, where transportation is an issue, affordable housing is an issue, it's very difficult to compete with um, maybe other companies or larger centers that can attract those employees. But I tell you, our, our business have done a fantastic job of um, great customer service. Uh, I know a lot of them are being more flexible and, and mental health as well is certainly a priority for businesses as well, is ensuring that um, mental health is a factor in their, uh, their employee tools. Are we moving away, though, from the, the part-time uh, minimum 12 to 15 hour a week type jobs. And are we seeing any more of the full-time jobs with benefits and pensions and that kind of thing? Well, that's actually been discussed a lot recently. And uh, I'm gonna reference that workshop I attended as well with Career Edge. And that was certainly the points that were highlighted. And they're starting to see that with employers. Employers are starting to be more creative now. They're, they're thinking about benefits. And a lot of times we think of benefits, we think, you know, they 
the life, the health um, extended package. But in some cases with the price of gas right now, there's employers that are actually giving their employees gas cards. Uh, just they got a gift certificate for gas and they can pay the extra for traveling to work. So I can certainly see um, there's going to be definitely more trends moving in that way with our businesses that to uh, retain and find these employees are going to be looking at changes like that for sure. With all the mask mandates and other precautions now lifted, how are businesses responding? And do you still see businesses requiring masking and physical distancing? There are, we do have a couple of businesses um, that are looking at alternatives to ensure that their customers can still physically distance. And I think what's important too is, and we notice a lot with our service Ontario and visitor center here, is that people are more than willing to uh, be accommodating. So for example, if somebody comes in with a mask, um, then you know that's no problem at all. They can social distance. And I've also seen where, uh, I've seen some businesses that if you prefer, uh, staff to wear a mask to put a request in as well. So I can certainly see where the businesses are embracing this whole uh, no, no more mandates. I think it's also proving true that they are being accommodating to the customer's needs. Much in the same way when we met customers' needs before, you know, if they had mobility challenges or if they come in they had special needs. So I think this is just another way of, you know, providing good customer service. Do you think we'll see the end of curbside pickup or delivery or uh, being able to order online, not order online, but order and pick up kind of thing? Uh, is that trend going to continue or, or do you think that's going to fall by the wayside and the expectation will go back to, you know, you're expected to come in and, and uh, do your business? Well, I think really it's certainly shown us that it's another way to provide um, customer service in a way that meets the customer's needs. And I can certainly, you know, I've got my magic wand on my desk here. I can't predict anything, but I'm sensing and hearing from businesses or continue to keep their online presence that I think we'll certainly see some of that as well. And sometimes it might be more convenient for a business to do it that way as well. I know one of our restaurants is no longer doing dine-in, they're doing takeout only. So I can certainly see that uh, there's definitely some advantages for both the business and the consumer that we'll certainly see those trends continue. It's also a way for our smaller businesses in rural communities like ours to compete with sort of the big online giants that uh, you can get the convenience of getting something delivered or you can get the convenience of, you know, pre-ordering it and just dropping in and picking it up. So I think those are some trends that we'll certainly see to, to help make our businesses more competitive. I'd like to go back to something that we talked about in October of 2021, something called the All Right Here campaign that was launched. For those who may not recall this initiative, could you refresh our memories? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So the Right Here Northumberland campaign was an initiative with the four chambers of commerce in Northumberland. So Northumberland Central, Port Open District, Brighton Crammy, and Trent Hills. So we were able to access funding through the Ontario Chamber of Commerce and Corthus Northumberland RTO8 to deliver a very comprehensive regional campaign that also featured hyper-local campaigns within each community. So what, we had a massive uh, media campaign with some amazing commercials. We had some really innovative video photography and that ran started in Pretty much November 1st, we started putting everything out and then it finished. Formally, it finished the end of uh, March. And then now each chamber, we're able to continue it on in another unique way, still keeping the right here in Northumberland branding alive. Now, this project, as you mentioned, was done jointly by all four chambers. 
How well did it work when it came to the cooperation between those organizations? Did it work out as you anticipated? Absolutely. And then even more so. Because what we found was each of our um, communities is unique and different. We all have our own different character. And I think when we first come up with the campaign, we understood that at times on a regional level, this is going to work. And then there are times when we need to do things individually. And acknowledging that at first, I think, really helped us move through the process. I think we all learned uh, from each other. We all had different strengths and we're able to pull on those different strengths. And I think, too, it also helped us to build partnerships with our local ECDEV uh, committees, our BIAs, our municipalities. So just that whole sense of partnership, instead of thinking about how we are duplicating something or instead of competing, I think we learned that it's uh, much more effective to complement what each other is doing. And we're and chambers are great at stealing ideas. <laughs> so we all uh, we all had an idea and somebody else would jump on board and it worked out great. And I think it's important in a partnership too to recognize that it's a win-win. It's not just one partner benefiting, it's a win-win. And we all went in with that attitude and the businesses jumped on board and it was a really, a really successful campaign and partnership that we can certainly see continuing on into the future. Could you give me one example? of what you just described, where this collaboration and building on, just give us one example so that people might understand just exactly how that kind of thing works. Okay, so what we did is we had a countywide video created where we had the videographer go through the entire county, creating you know what it's like to you know do a staycation right here in Northumberland. So each of us used our different strengths um, to apply different parts of creating that video. So then what we're able to do as well is each individual community created their own sets of videos that work well for the community. Or in some cases, um, I know here in Trent Hills, we had a lot of videography already established. So we would look at what one of the other chambers would look at what we'd done. Hey, that's what I want there. Let's do that. Uh, Port Hope did some amazing innovative videos. That's, that's great. It's wonderful. Can we capitalize on that as well? So I think it was really that um, willingness to share and our videography is something that's gonna last beyond this campaign as well. So just a video program is just one example of that. Another one is the uh, right here in Northumberland Cooler Bag campaign, which was a more recent one. We you know, pulled our funds together and ordered, uh, I believe it was 400 picnic cooler bags with the right here in Northumberland campaign on it. And then each of us did something a little bit different with the campaign, how we promoted it. And while they weren't identically the same, we use some of these same um, principles to apply to the marketing campaign. How do you know it was successful? Do you have numbers that speak to how successful this campaign was? Yeah, we actually do. First of all, um, some of our chamber, because this wasn't just for chamber members, it was actually across the board. So it was basically all businesses in Northumberland had an opportunity to be promoted or to, to, to be featured in many cases. So in all total, we had, there were over um, 2,000 different businesses featured either through a marketing campaign, photography, videography. Uh, we did contests where we had over 500 testimonials from customers, about 500 different businesses, which was just amazing. So just seeing that interaction, really the biggest measure uh, tool we use, because a lot of times now people will Google, they won't necessarily go to the website, was our social media engagement and uh, as of, this was just as of February, we haven't done more, but we had 81,000 um, social media interactions as of, um, that was the February 2nd stat. 
So just measuring the interaction engagement um, just through one mechanism. We did a lot of radio. We did a lot of print as well. And I believe in total, there were something like 7,500 pieces of print materials or newspaper campaigns. And when we think of success, when we hear our businesses talking about that's a great campaign, or we see our businesses uh, sharing what we've shared or using the hashtag, I think that really is the biggest testimony to success is when we see our businesses participating in the programs, resharing, you know, um, interacting, commenting, and using the materials that we provide them. I think that's the biggest sign of success. Now, I know tourism was a major part of this campaign, and you've alluded to it earlier, but let's talk about tourism specifically. How much is the landscape changing for the tourism industry? Because I know it was severely hit during the pandemic. Can you describe what's been happening there? Well, what we've seen, and especially through our campaign, because these campaigns that we did were basically just targeting regional because they were considered local or hyper-local. So the first thing we've seen is that the visiting friends and relatives in Northumberland is a huge tourism market for Northumberland, always has been. So we have now created the tools um, and the awareness for our locals to really go out and market to that visiting friends and relatives. Because we, Northumberland has all these great outdoors, all these activities, things to do, I think we all saw an increase in visitors coming to the area when the when they were shut down. So outdoor uh, things to do. Certainly at the Randy Gore Suspension Bridge was absolutely huge. We've gone from, we used to have 400,000 400, Google hits to over 2 million just in that two year span. So that's really significant for our, all of Northumberland because it's a large attraction in Northumberland. So seeing those numbers, we now have the potential to, we, look at, we can look at our tracking, we can look at our statistics, to forecast, we're gonna have a lot of people coming here to visit. And at the same time too, I think a lot of these tactics that we've developed will complement what Northumberland tourism is doing as well. Because Northumberland tourism uh, kind of had to take a step back as well. And we're doing a lot of shop local campaigns. And I know right now they have a new contest, the uh, Great Northumberland Road Trip, where you can win over $1,500 package, uh, kind of the ultimate uh, vacation in, in Northumberland. And they'll get it right here in Northumberland Cooler Bag too, the winner. <laughs> So I think really with tourism now, it's, it's up to us to figure out how we can capture that traveling market because uh, we know there's going to be a lot of domestic tourism this year and we need to figure out here in Northumberland and Trent Hills and all of our chamber jurisdictions on how we can each capitalize on that. I know that gas prices have been going through the roof and inflation has been increasing expenses. What kind of impact is that having on your plans? Well, I think what we have to look at is there's two ways we can look at it. Um, we operate a, an overnight boating facility here in uh, Campbellford at the visitor center. And we can say, oh, it's really going to, you know, kind of kill the boating uh, because of the cost of fuel. Or we can look at it. You know what? They haven't traveled in two years. They're eager to come and visit. And I think the same thing can be true of our visitors that travel by car is that for the last two years, they haven't been able to do a lot of that. And now the opportunity is there. So we're like here in Northumberland, like if you look at the catchment area of all around Northumberland, think of how many people are within an hour's drive. So maybe they're not going to do that five, six, seven, eight hour drive. Maybe they're not going to fly out of Ontario. And instead, I think there's some real good opportunities just within that even like 90 minute catchment area of Northumberland that all of us are going to really benefit from tourism this year. I know another component of this campaign was to keep 
people shopping local and not running off to Peterborough or Oshawa or Belleville to do their shopping. Can you describe how effective that part of the campaign has been? Well, that's part of the campaign that we, we targeted a couple of our contests specifically to. One of them was let's get vocal um, about shopping local. And that's where we, ask, we asked um, consumers in the contest to share testimonials, to share images of places they support. It was just so, it was almost overwhelming to see all the comments that we generated. And I think a lot of times too, when we look at marketing, word of mouth is the most valuable marketing there is. So really for us to generate that word of mouth through some of our social media efforts is really gonna be significant. And I think too, people really started to appreciate their downtowns and their smaller communities because we did have those lockdowns. You know, we were kind of limited to what we had available. And I know there was a lot of support for our businesses. Um, they under, consumers understood, local residents understood how challenging it was for them. So I really think that, um, you know, they'll, they'll actually support the businesses from that side of um, being proud of their community, wanting their communities continue to thrive and to have our downtown. So we're really, we're really confident that that will make a difference. Looking forward, are you still seeing the kinds of innovation and creativity in terms of business responding to the current economic conditions? Um, I think what's happened is, because business is like everything else, it's kind of like it's up and down, up and down, up and down. So I think this has really shown businesses the fortitude that they have. In a lot of cases, some of our businesses maybe had been, been in business for a long time, things are going well. And I feel like from what I'm hearing from some of them, maybe they have that little bit of entrepreneurial spirit back again. And I'm really hoping that um, with the increase in visitors to the area, which we all need, the increased support, the continued support of the locals will really spur our businesses on to be innovative and creative in their customer service, um, whether it is maybe keeping the, the curbside service, uh, maybe it's offering a new delivery service, or maybe it's just bringing in new product lines or customizing, you know, learning more about the customers. I know a lot of our businesses already do that, but maybe they'll just fine tune that. And then as you know, you mentioned innovations. Well, I think that's what's got a lot of businesses through the last couple of years. So I can certainly see that they'll be measuring the benefits of that. Do you feel you're getting enough support from all levels of government as you go forward? We just went through an election. There was a lot of talk. We're up, we're lining up for a municipal election. Um, federally, there's a lot going on. What's your feeling going forward about the commitment and, and getting those needs that you talked about earlier being met? Well, I think really now is the opportunity um, for our politicians to look at where the business have been, you know, and where they need to go. And I know some of the pr programs that were offered definitely proven to be successful. I know there's been lots of advocacy from the tourism um, uh, advocacy organization, the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, and of course our Canadian Chamber, as well as our individual chambers that we need to continue those supports. So I really hope our politicians are able to hear that and understand that. I know too, now that we're back to having in-person meetings, we'll be doing more uh, meetings with our MPP, with our MPs, as we move forward towards a municipal election. I know all the chambers in Northumberland will certainly be looking for business-related questions uh, when they do start to have their candidate meetings with the candidates for municipal. And I can certainly see the business community getting a little bit more involved as well, because they've seen, you know, these are some benefits that have worked. These are some that haven't worked. 
let's get a little bit more vocal about it and be more uh, more of an advocacy approach. How has the Chamber of Commerce changed in terms of its strategic plans and the kinds of supports it's providing going forward? Well, something we've learned over the last couple of years, and, we, and one of our strategic uh, goals, we were just about to complete our final year of our strategic plan when the uh, pandemic started. So we held it off for two years and we're actually about to start that process again. But I think a lot of chambers have learned that communications is going to be a top priority. We have certainly had ample opportunity in the last two years to help businesses wade through the regulation, uh, the red tape. And I think our businesses have seen that as a resource for some of those items, a chamber can certainly serve its members. There's been a lot of impact to events, uh, which is a revenue source for a lot of chambers. So I think we'll see chambers kind of tweak events a little bit. I know we certainly can hardly wait to get back to having an in-person celebration of business excellence. So I think moving forward and also sustainability. I think it's important for us as a chamber to be sustainable as an organization, much like a business is. We've seen a lot of changes over the last couple of years. So sustainability will also be um, certainly a top pillar in our strategic plan moving forward, much like a business would be. Nancy Allenson, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks, Robert. You have a great day. That was Nancy Allenson, Executive Director of the Trent Hills Chamber of Commerce. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.